Welcome back to Coming Up Winners. I am your host, Jason McIntyre. You can tell there's excitement in my voice today, folks. You probably see me on FS1, heard my Fox Sports radio show, or visited the Big Lead, a sports website I founded in 2006. And folks, we're going to be doing this podcast covering sports gambling every Monday and Thursday throughout the football season. I'm joined today by my colleague, Andrew Lynch. Andrew, are you as excited as I am about this Monday in the NFL season? Sorry, J-Mac. Give me just a sec. I'm, I'm checking my cell phone like Baker Mayfield here. It's, oh, uh, no. He's getting the podcast started with a shot at Baker Mayfield. Lynch, that's funny. No, that is not a shot at Baker Mayfield. That is shot a- at me. You're right. Yes, yes. I Okay, I thought you would pump me up for my 5-0 and in the Super Contest. Now 13-2. and I cannot believe I'm tied for first. But this is a coin flip league. I got a little lucky Sunday. And listen, the picks I gave out here last week on Thursday, not exactly winners. We will get to those shortly. We will also cover one of the craziest Sundays. I think we're going to see all season. We're going to look ahead to tonight's Monday Night Football matchup. Lynch and I are on opposite sides. And we're, of course, going to look to next Sunday as well. A pretty solid slate of games. But first, Lynch, we've got to talk about this new rule the NFL has this season, protecting quarterbacks But it's really hurting defenses. We saw Clay Matthews of the Packers again pick up a pivotal roughing the passer penalty. He's outraged. Fans are outraged. I want to know your thoughts as they pertain to gambling because, listen, we know the league wants offense. They're getting it, but at what cost? First, let's call this what it is. These refs are making the right call. The rule just sucks. The rule is there to protect quarterbacks. I get that, and that is a noble goal for an NFL that is only as fun as the quarterback play. The refs are making the right call. Clay Matthews is landing on Alex Smith with the full weight of his body, and that is a flag in the NFL in 2018. The gambling perspective here to me is kind of interesting. We have a rule set that very much is in favor of offenses in the NFL in 2018. And and let's just be clear. We're for that. We like offense. Look at how hot the season has started. When you look at ratings, you look at scoring, you look at interest. When you got the star quarterbacks playing, it's great. Absolutely. But But it's not the classic football that people are used to. And I think that really is the the sticking point for a lot of NFL fans. Now, again, from a gambling perspective, you might think, okay, the rules are leaning toward the offense or they're biased toward the offense. Maybe that means we're going to see more overs hit, right? We're going to see more points. Not so fast. Vegas is already ahead of you, unfortunately. Through 47 games so far this season, through the first three weeks, we've seen 23 overs cash, 24 unders. Wow. 23 overs, 24. It's like they almost know what they're doing, right? They're kind of good at their jobs. So that's the gambling perspective here. If, you th- if you're thinking, you know, maybe I can get some second level thinking here, kind of try to outsmart Vegas, always dive into the data. If you have an inkling, a suspicion of something, of a trend that might be there, the numbers are pretty easy to find. So dig in, make sure that you have the evidence and the information first. Okay, so let's move on now to, to the segment we love. We're going to be doing it first in every podcast. It's called Put Up or Shut Up. Hashtag put up or shut up. You have an opportunity to bet against me. And it's funny because a lot of guys out there on social media, they want to bet against me. I'll bet everything on this game. Well, you know, you got that chance. And last week, we did a test on this. And Lynch's game that he picked was Chargers-Rams. And we talked through it. If you listen to the first podcast, I love my logic. It ended up with the Chargers. They did not cover. Thank you very much. 
Anthony Lynn and poor special teams. Uh, so the Chargers didn't cover, so I owe Lynch $10, which, you know, I will give him here because I don't have to cash app or Venmo him, but you have the opportunity to pick any top 25 game this week in college football or any NFL matchup using the lines from the Westgate Sportsbook, and you pick the game, I pick the side. Tweet it at us, Instagram it at us using the hashtag put up or shut up. And if you win, I will Venmo you or cash app you $10 out of my pocket, out of my hard-earned salary. And if I win, you have to tweet out a link about how great this podcast is, how much you've learned using the hashtag put up or shut up. Folks, I'm very excited for this. I'm a little nervous, though, Lynch, because this this week's games are brutal, especially the Thursday game, which we will come to shortly. Say it with your chest! Let's move on now to our next segment. What were you thinking? And Lynch, I will let you get started because you got a you got a good dig at me here on this one. Fire away. J Mac, we were both wrong on this one. The New England Patriots, oh. seven point favorites against the Detroit Lions. All the trends. Patriots cover 70% of the time when they're coming off a double digit loss. Tom Brady covers every time after a loss. And the Detroit Lions crushed the New England Patriots. It was not competitive in the second half. J-Mac, what were we thinking? (laughs) That we fell for trends? And we're going to talk about trends on the podcast, right? Do they matter? What do they mean? I mean, Lynch, pretty clearly, this meant nothing. But I will add this. This was the first time the Patriots have lost back-to-back games by double digits in 16 years. Now, historically, Lynch, they have been kind of slow starting in the last decade if you're going to get the Patriots, you do it in the first four games. They're only winning 69% of their first four games in the last decade. As that goes on throughout the season, they get better and start to win 75-80% of their games. I've got to say, it's pretty clear what defenses are doing now. They've got nothing on the outside. Double Team Gronk and, and NBC showed that clearly. The Lions just sold out. We're putting two guys on Gronk. Go ahead. Let Philip Dorsett beat us. Josh Gordon did not play. They can't run the football. And defensively, listen, they got torched by a guy who couldn't solve the Jets' defense. So this was an embarrassing pick by me. I I keep talking, Lynch. I'm not going to take big favorites. I'm not going to take big favorites. And I gave out a big favorite on this podcast, and they didn't cover. But if there's one big favorite you're going to take, it's the Patriots against the Lions with all of those trends in your favor. Um, I love numbers. You love numbers. Let's get to two very important numbers here. This Patriots team is averaging five yards per play on offense. That's the lowest for a Patriots team since 2003. Wow. It's one. Of, it's the third worst in the Tom Brady era. Why is that important? Well, yards per play is the best indication of a team's true level of performance, and it's the best indicator of future performance. So this offense is miserable. Meanwhile, on the other side of the ball, the 2018 Patriots are making opposing offenses look like the 2017 Patriots. They're giving up 5.8 yards per play. The 2017 Patriots on offense averaged 5.9 yards per play. So this is just a recipe for disaster in New England. And without any real skill players on the offensive side of the ball, they better hope Josh Gordon can come out and play like Randy Moss did in New England. Because <laughs> otherwise, I don't know how this Patriots team rebounds. Well, yeah, that's a great stat you pulled. I just looked it up. They're tied with Dallas. By the way, Dallas is unwatchable right now. And, and you know, if, we go, if we're going to really go in on what were you thinking, why don't we just go to Dallas as well? We totally whiffed on this. Again, I mean, Dak Prescott 
cannot get Ooh. to 200 yards passing. Okay, the defense got shredded by Russell Wilson. Uh, embarrassing performance. We were all over Dallas. Luckily, I pulled them out of my super contest plays. Every all the smart money, the big professional gamblers were on the Seahawks in this spot. I could not back them here. I don't know what to make of Dallas. They're one and two. 5.0 yards per play, which is the same as New England and Baltimore. So you're now lumping three really ugly offenses together. How is Tom Brady in that group? Why is Dak Prescott regressed so badly? I mean, what were we thinking, Lynch? Cowboys on the road? So let's take it to the next level. Dak Prescott adjusted net yards per attempt, okay. which is a stat that incorporates interceptions and touchdowns, tries to encapsulate a quarterback in a smarter number than just quarterback rating. Dak Prescott's in the bottom four in the NFL oh so far God. this season. Yet, I still feel kind of good about the process of taking the Cowboys in I, that and, game. Okay, Lynch, that's a great point because this is about process, and I'll tell you this right now. No team, and we talk about this all the time, no team is as good or bad as they were last week. So, we saw the Cowboys' national TV audience look awful. I'm already eyeing them for next week. And listen, I, I'm, seriously, I, there's laughter here in the studio. I'm eyeing them next week. How different of a ball game is that if Zeke stays in bounds on that touchdown pass? Mm -hmm. How different of a game is that if the Cowboys don't make a minor cover two blown adjustment or blown coverage on the Tyler Lockett touchdown? How different of a game is that if the Cowboys don't make two of the worst drive extending penalties that weren't roughing the passer calls on Sunday? And how different of a game is that if Earl Thomas doesn't come up with two of the most skillful, but also two of the most oh. fortunate interceptions I think we saw on the weekend? Really? So there were a lot of 50 50 situations that went against Dallas. Seattle earned that win. I just am not completely aghast at the result. Yeah. Now, I will add this. Dallas's leading receiver, a guy by the name of Jeff Swaim. Have you heard of him? I believe I, I went to high school with him. No, I didn't. <laughs> Five catches, 47 yards. Uh, much was made of the Cowboys offseason. They got, uh, who'd they get? Alan Hearns. Uh, they picked up uh, Tyvon Austin. Um, for better or for worse. Right, and, and they drafted this kid, Gallup, I believe, out of Colorado State. None of those guys matter. Jeff Swaim was your leading receiver. So, Lynch, listen, we do talk process. I like how you brought that up. I will say this. My process is perception. Right now, the perception of the Cowboys is awful. Un oh, you can't bet on them. You can't back them. They're going to now go home and face the Detroit Lions, who won their Super Bowl, defeating uh, the Patriots handily. Everybody watched it. Sunday night football. Lions are back. Matt Stafford, baby. But the perception is, oh, let's go bet on them. The Jags last week beat the Patriots in their Super Bowl. Oh, every, Jags are going to go to the Super Bowl now. Wait a minute. The Jags went home and got their butts kicked by the Tennessee Titans, who, who had like 50 yards of offense. So, Lynch, we, we know there's going to be a regression. I don't want to give away a pick this early, but I'm looking at Dallas next week at home against mighty Matt Stafford and Matt Patricia, who's not a bad coach now. And the Detroit Lions. Yeah, it's going to be a really interesting line to watch as the week goes on. But before we move on, 60% on the Saturday slate in college football, J-Mac. You're about as smart as a Stanford alum. <laughs> well played. Listen, that was pure luck, okay? I had a bad Saturday until Stanford got lucky. I mean, really, this was one of the truly bad beats if you had Oregon. They're simply running out the clock with a minute left, and they're running back fumbles. Like, trying to get extra yards. It was... 
and and Stanford comes down, sends the game to overtime, and then wins it with pretty a pretty incredible catch. So shout out to David Shaw, and they did it with Bryce Love not being a factor. I mean, that was pure luck. I I missed on Alabama and Kansas State. By the way, I'm not totally off Alabama for the season, just so you know. And we'll get to the college picks Thursday, but I will gladly take the three and two. Baby, you are so money, and you don't even know it. All right, let's transition back to the NFL. Quick word on my money line pick. I had the Colts money line to beat the Eagles. Colts came up short. This one stung, Lynch. Your, your money line pick we'll get to shortly. But this Colts game, they had this. One for five in the red zone? You, you're not going to beat anybody when that happens. Yet they still had a chance uh, here in the in the fourth quarter. Eagles Eagles did not play very well. Carson Wentz's return, I believe he was picked off. He had one or two fumbles. They dominated time of possession, but the Colts were right there. What's weird about the Colts is the numbers, guys, and you'll tell me about this shortly, they're not going to like the Colts. They were number one in third down coming in. They went two for 12 on third down. I mentioned the red zone struggles. 3.7 yards per play. Yet, the Colts had a chance to pull the upset. I'm not down on the Colts. I actually like them, and we're going to talk about their next week line, but what you're seeing from the Colts is is pretty ghastly. Yeah, we'll get into it a little bit more here in a minute, but the, the number one line or the one, number one number for me is the Colts are averaging four and a half yards per play on offense. That would, that would put them in the bottom 10 percent of all offenses in the past 20 years. This is a historically bad offense through the first three weeks. And a lot of that comes down to Andrew Luck. Okay, well, Lynch, let me push back on that. Does it come down to luck, or are they missing their left tackle, who's pretty good, and they have no running game to speak of? I mean, where's Marlon Mack? He's still hurt. And you're getting a new offense from Frank Reich, who also was missing Jack Doyle, their uh, top target at tight end. So is the offense just off to a slow start because it's so many new moving new pieces? Or do they just stink? I mean, this is a one and two team that remember. So they could have won this Eagles game. And in week one, they were driving to beat the Bengals with less than a minute to go before the fumble went the other way. They're a couple plays from being 3-0 and despite the horrible offense. And despite the fact that their starting quarterback has silly putty for an arm. Oh, come on. Jacoby Brissett, I, I, I know this is the thing that everyone's harping on today. Jacoby Brissett had to come in to throw that Hail yeah. Mary pass. So you're concerned? Are you concerned about luck I'm going I'm very forward? concerned. Listen, I'm not a, a biometric sports scientist or anything. I've never been a quarterback coach. But Andrew Luck's throwing motion is not natural right now. It does not look good. He's basically lifting his arm all at once and then hucking the ball. Like, it's not what a professional quarterback should look like. I don't think they took any chances down the field yesterday. And the one they did to T.Y. Hilton, he dropped it. And yet, as we look ahead to the lines for week four, the Colts opened as one-point favorites versus the Houston Texans, and that line is now two-and-a-half. The Colts are two-and-a-half-point favorites. This is where it gets interesting, okay? So the Houston Texans, per your yards per play, 6.1 yards per play, ninth in the league. That's good, right? Well, Lynch, and this speaks to the process, do they have 6.1 yards per play because the offense is good or because they're getting a huge hole because they stink in the first half and they're just stat padding in the fourth quarter? Look at these Deshaun Watson splits. In the first half, he's completing 54% of his passes, 7.5 yards per attempt, one touchdown. In the second half, playing catch-up, 62% completions, 8.6 yards per attempt, four TDs. So 
I don't know what to make of the Texans other than the offensive line stinks. They can't run the ball. Uh, Watson's been sacked 10 times. I don't see why the Colts aren't bigger favorites here. It almost is like Vegas wants you to bet a certain team here. And you brought up a really good point here. Three weeks into the season, you have to be so careful with these sample sizes. I don't know what that 6.1 yards per play indicates for the Houston Texans offense. I don't know if it indicates that they're making adjustments at halftime with those splits. I don't know if it's garbage time stats like you're kind of hinting. And that's equally true for these Andrew Luck stats. Andrew Luck's averaging 5.3 yards per attempt. It's second worst in the NFL so far this season. 7.8 yards per completion, worst in the NFL, and would be a historically bad rate for a quarterback. How much of that is going to continue moving forward? I legitimately don't know. And that's a hard thing to say as a gambler. But the truth is, A lot of your value as a gambler in the first four to five weeks of the season is going to come from your ability to take in all of this information, synthesize it, and figure out what matters and what doesn't. And in a situation like this, where I have to be honest with myself and legitimately say, I do not know, I have to stay away. Um, It's a really interesting line. I know you love the Colts. I think this is probably a good spot if you're an indie backer, but I can't get my money in here. So I just went to a site really quickly. Uh, where is the public money on this game? And it's early. We're, you know, it's Monday. 74% of the public backing the Colts. And we know when you get to 70 and 80%, it's time to look the other way. I think Vegas is trying to set a trap with you, with the Indianapolis Colts here. I don't, I don't want to take the bait. I don't want to take the bait. All right, Lynch, two other lines that jumped out for next week's slate, week four. Very interesting, you know, maybe an NFC championship preview. Vikings at Rams. The line Thursday night in L.A. opened at seven. It's been bet down to six and a half. Now, perception is everything in gambling. If you watched any NFL Sunday or none, maybe you watched Tiger Woods and you just looked at the scores. The Vikings got throttled at home by the Bills. They stink. The Rams, historically good offense. They had 521 yards of total offense Sunday in a win over the Chargers. That's the highest total in a non-overtime game in 18 years. Okay, so you've got the mighty Rams. The perception is they're a juggernaut. They're going to the Super Bowl. And the lowly Vikings who stink. Bah, but so I was at the game yesterday and we saw Peters go out. They lost their cornerback, Marcus Peters. He's now out two to four weeks. Then I saw Tlaib go out. And listen, Phillip Rivers had his way with that secondary. So now if Tlaib can't play and Peters can't play going against Diggs and Thielen, I feel like there's a buy low opportunity here, Lynch, on the Minnesota Vikings. You're definitely right. And if this line stays at that key number of seven, I think it's at six and a half at some places. Westgate has it at seven at the moment that we're recording this. You're probably going to want to get your money in on Minnesota if you are getting in on the action here on the first Thursday night football game on Fox. Um, But this Rams offense, like you said, they're on pace to be historic. They're they're averaging 6.6 yards per play. That 2007 Patriots offense that just, lit the world on fire 6.2 yards per play the greatest show on turf the 1999 rams 6.5 yards per play this rams offense is going to make you play catch up the entire game and i don't know if the vikings are going to be able to stay pace and stay uh keep pace in fact i know they're not going to be able to keep pace. <laughs> um so if this i'm really keeping an eye on this line and the minute it gets to six and a half at your chosen book 
I'm jumping on it. Well, the Vikings' offensive line is cause for concern. Kirk Cousins, I believe, was sacked four times. I think he fumbled three, lost two of them, and they rushed for 14 yards against the Bills. Now, Dalvin Cook will be back. I I do wonder about the psychology of the Vikings. You've got a you had a winless, awful Bills team come in, and you've got your game of the year on Thursday. I think there was some overlooking of the Bills. I think the only play for me Thursday, and we'll get into it more Thursday when the injury reports are out, would be the Minnesota Vikings. All right, let's move on to the next line that jumped out at me. Folks, this one is going to be fascinating. The Miami Dolphins, 3-0, visiting the Patriots, the 1-2 Patriots, who've lost two in a row. Oh, the sky is falling. The Miami Dolphins are seven-point underdogs, Lynch. That that number speaks volumes, and I'll give you a guess because you're a bright guy. Where do you think the public is? It's early in the week. Public here on Dolphins Patriots. Go ahead. Go ahead. Take a guess. Uh, Dolphins public Patriots slightly sharp would be my guess. Yes. 68%. It's Again, it's early. 68% of the public on the Dolphins. A betting a road dog of seven points. We know Belichick has owned Miami. Uh, Miami has not won in uh, New England since 2008, the Ronnie Brown game. Uh, just a word of caution. Just a word. Adam Gaze is not what the old Dolphins coaches were. I love what Gaze is doing, but Lynch, you love the numbers. The last two weeks, statistically, the Jets had better stats than the Dolphins. The uh, Jets had more first downs. They had Jets had more yards, more yards per play, but Miami won the turnover battle. And then this week, and I was on them in the Super Contest, Miami was, you could argue, outplayed by the Raiders. First downs, 25 to 13. Oakland, yardage. Oakland. Time of possession, Oakland. So the big play is huge for Miami. They had a 52-yard touchdown pass. They had a 74-yard touchdown pass and a 34-yard touchdown pass. The big playability in that offense, Ryan Tannehill right now, this is a number that shocked me. He is number two in the league on quarterback rating on first down. I mean, this offense looks really good for Miami. His similarity to early career Kurt Warner right now is kind of striking, especially... You know, Adam Gase, very good friends with Mike Martz. He borrowed a couple of trick plays from that old Rams playbook this week. I'm a quantitative guy, but for me, there's kind of a qualitative consideration here. You can count on a Patriots defense to be prepared. Whether they can execute the game plan or not, that's a different question. But they will be prepared. And the way that you take down a prepared defense is through confusion and through through changing things up. A little trickeration. And Adam Gaze and this Dolphins team love to break out the trick plays between the 40s. Um, And we know that this Patriots defense is susceptible to trick plays going back to, oh, I don't know, the Super Bowl. (laughs) Hey, you brought it up. Let me me ask you this, Lynch. Last few games for Belichick, I thought he got out-schemed last night by Matt Patricia. Uh, You could argue two weeks ago against Jacksonville. That offense did nothing for the first half. Did Doug Marone out-coach him? Then you go back to the AFC Championship game where Marone led for 50 minutes. The Super Bowl, Doug Peterson. I'm not saying the bloom is off Belichick. Uh, Hall of Famer, we know he's probably the greatest coach of all time. Maybe he just doesn't have the players that he once had because they are really getting outplayed a lot recently. Even in that opener, their lone win is against a winless Texans team. That's it, Lynch. You're heating me up here, J-Mac. Listen, I don't know how much this is true, 
But the fact of the matter is the game changes. We see it in the NBA with a Tom Thibodeau defense that the strong side pressure system was the bee's knees in 2010 and 2008 for those Celtics teams. It doesn't work in 2018, yet he keeps rolling it out. Bill Belichick has always been great at adapting, but at some point you have to wonder if who he is at his core as a coach is the optimal approach for 2018. He's always going to be elite. He's an elite NFL coach. But at some point, is Sean McVay's approach better to the NFL in 2018? Is Adam Gase's approach potentially better for the NFL in 2018? Not to say that Bill Belichick's isn't great, but is it the best it can be when so much of New England's advantage throughout the past decade plus, almost two decades now, has been that Bill was unquestionably the best coach in the NFL? Lynch, that is such a smart thing that you just said, and I want to offer a homework assignment to the listeners out there. How much, uh, give it to us for Thursday, how much RPO is Bill Belichick running in now a league where everybody's starting to incorporate it, okay? We know Pat Mahomes is running it to death in KC. They're a juggernaut. We know the Rams are, okay? We know Doug Peterson loves it in Philly. How much of it is Bill Belichick running? We'll have that information for you on Thursday. Hopefully you want to do the homework yourself and be ready because we want to get you guys ready to get to the window and, and come out on top in sports gambling. All right, I'll call the two grand on gamble. Don't splash the pot. All right, we're going to close the podcast talking about the Monday night football game. The Pittsburgh Steelers winless visit the mighty Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Lynch, we've seen such a colossal swing here. The Steelers opened up as two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Tampa Bay currently favored by two. We're putting out this podcast Monday morning. Tampa favored by two at home. I do want to ask you, Lynch, they were your money line pick. However, we just saw a Sunday where the Vikings got stomped at home. The Patriots, big favorites went down. The Jaguars, big favorites went down. A lot of people are going to be chasing off their Sunday losses. I wonder, do you feel comfortable if everybody's chasing with the team you picked? I do. I'm fading the public here. And I, they are the mighty Buccaneers. They're also the magical Buccaneers. Um, Fitz magic rolls on. Listen, I fortunately, like Baker Mayfield, I live on my cell phone. So I got this number when it was Tampa Bay plus one and a half. Uh, as my money line bet, I got them at plus 105. And I really like that. Listen, I this is probably a coin flip game. I think, I think there's just as much a chance that Big Ben has a great game, that Ryan Fitzpatrick finally regresses, crashes into the wall, and the Steelers win here. But there's two big numbers for me. One. The Pittsburgh Steelers are 1-7 against the spread without Ryan Shazier Ooh. since his injury. I know I said that on our Thursday podcast. It just bears repeating. That's one of those trends that is actionable because it affects the way that Pittsburgh plays defense and how they are able to stop the opposing team. The other trend for me, the Steelers are turning the ball over on 20% of their possessions so far this season. One out of five times the Pittsburgh gets the ball, they give it to the other team. They're the second worst in the NFL this season, and they're on pace to be to have a top 10 turnover rate in the past 10 seasons. It's bad. The Bucs, meanwhile, are turning the ball over on less than 10% of their possessions, top six in the NFL right now. If those trends continue, if Pittsburgh is out there throwing the ball to the Bucs, and if Tampa Bay is out there making good decisions, I'm thrilled having the Bucs as plus value on the money line here. 
I think your Ryan Shazier stat is one of the best so far I've seen this season because people forget they were a good defense last year. As soon as he goes down, they can't stop anybody. I reluctantly, and again, I just lean the Steelers here. I don't think I would put, you know, a play on it. But if I had to pick, you know, and I do for this podcast, I would now, if I'm getting points with the Steelers, if you're going to give me two points, I get the better quarterback. No disrespect to uh, Fitzmagic. I uh, I get in own in. I get the better quarterback in Big Ben, no disrespect to Fitzpatrick. And I actually believe Antonio Brown, who had a rough week, psychologically, you know, if you want to try to play armchair shrink, I think Antonio Brown's due for a massive game. Remember, this Tampa Bay secondary is not very good. I would lean Steelers getting points here, Lynch. Um, But listen, if you hit your money line pick, I missed mine on the Colts. That's not a good start for your boy. J-Mac, I know you typically don't like totals as much, but I'm really curious what this does for you. When we started recording this podcast, the over-under line was 54 and a half. In the 30 minutes that we've been recording this podcast, it's now up to 55. Oh. Do you think this game is going to live up to the expectation? Do Are we going to get this offensive kind of slugfest that really has defined the NFL season so far? 55? 55. Is this the highest total of the season? Or it, uh, no. Actually, New England, Detroit closed at 55 and a half. And that was way under. Yep. I think we're actually going to see defenses show up tonight. I would go to the under. 55 is a massive number. Do you really think we're expecting a, a 31-28 type shootout? It's tough to put your money on it, for sure. Yeah, eventually, and listen, the Tampa Bay front seven's pretty good. We know that uh, Pittsburgh can't really run the football. At least they couldn't last week against the the lowly Chiefs as soon as they fell behind. So there's your money line pick. Lynch, Tampa Bay, he got him early, so he gets points. I'm leaning toward the Steelers, who are now getting points as well. Thank you for listening to Coming Up Winners. Remember to use the hashtag put up or shut up if you want to bet against me. Send those in on social media. Hashtag put up or shut up a top 25 college football game or any NFL game. You pick the game. I pick the side. Try to win money off me or just be a positive guy and root for your boy in the super contest. 13 and two. I'm going to try to keep it going. Talk to you Thursday.